Oh, there you go. I can't hear you. No. Now you should be able to hear me. Yes. Now we're back. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you already more of a term, isn't know. It? I think that's we, how it always goes. Like, like 45 like, minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Welcome back to Top Bins, uh, technical delay edition, uh, doing it from home this go-round, bringing you all the transfer news from England, Italy. I am your host, Matt, joined by my co-host, Dom. Dom, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, You're I'm okay. Just, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for some Milan transfer news, but all we're getting is delays on the... Uh, Delays on the contract extensions for people in the front office and a new jersey that's been released, the, the home jersey. So that's that's basically all I've been doing uh, with regards to to footy news recently. Right. So we are in the uh, the throes of, of transfer news saga now. And uh, on tonight's show, we wanted to go through – I wanted to pick some teams that I think – Listen, the transfer window is important for every team. That That's like a clear and obvious thing that doesn't really need to be said. But I think there are some teams that perhaps this transfer window is, is a little more important uh, because they're either at an inflection point where they can either really improve or need to really improve or had such a bad season that there, there needs to be some uh, some change, some shakeup in, in what they're doing. So we're going to go through some of these teams. We're not going to be like, you know, doing the thing where we – pick the exact players that they need, but I think it's just worth discussing uh, some of them and, and uh, areas that they can maybe shake up their team and, um, you know, what we're, we're looking forward to them in the future and, and why maybe this is the summer now that they really need to, to kick on from. We're going to start in England uh, with Leicester City. Obviously, had a really disappointing season. Uh, I, I think really part of that was injury-driven for sure. Uh, they did, never really at any point had their, their first choice eleven. For, for most of the year and uh, Fofana gets injured in the summer in a, a friendly and then that obviously I think really messes up their plans we know defensively they were not great you know, especially from set pieces they were not great um, so it's going to be a big question mark on how to improve there so um, this is a, a big summer for them because I think Brendan Rodgers while he's his job is safe I, I don't think he's someone that's, that's going to be necessarily in danger of losing it uh, when you consider that they had two kind of disappointing years where they, they should have finished in the Champions League places. They end up finishing fifth in both. But they do win the FA Cup. You know, that, that's good progress for Leicester and where they're at. But um, makes it to the Conference League semifinals this past season. Now I think they're at a point where 
you're also seeing a little bit of transition. Telemans is, is probably gone this summer. It, it certainly seems like at least um, Jamie Vardy this last year, he was still effective, but you know, I, I would imagine the next two seasons that that's, that's a player that's really, you're not counting on anymore. Defensively. I think they definitely need a new signing. The midfield, you could almost see, you know, two, at least two midfield signings uh, going into uh, going to next season. They've been linked a lot with Sangare. Uh, Nathan Collins in defense is someone that uh, they've looked at. So, what are we thinking of, of Leicester uh, going forward? Um, what, I, what I see with them is a lot of their their talents being targeted by other teams, and, and they're going to need to, you know, reload. Uh, there's been a, I, a quick Google search of transfer rumors for Leicester City just shows more outgoing players than ingoing players. You see a lot of stuff about Wesley Fofana. You see a lot of stuff about Yuri Tielemans, which you said earlier. Um, uh, Chowdhury. Is another guy uh, ch- uh, allegedly championship clubs are eyeing him up. Um, so you know, there's a there's there's quite a few different things here. Uh, you know, uh, there's uh, this rumor going on between you know Leicester City battling Milan for uh, De Ketelaire. Uh They're they're linked with Ben Rama. Uh, they, you know, they, they if they're going to make some signings. They're obviously going to have to sell some players. Maybe a guy like Tielemans will get sold. Maybe a guy like Fofana will get sold. Or, you know, maybe they hold on to Fofana, sell Soyuncu, and, and kind of reload somewhere. Um, you know, I haven't really watched the Prem like that, so I don't know the glaring needs for them, you know, within you know uh, their, their style of play. Um, but like you said, uh, it's Brendan Rodgers at the helm, so I would say focus on solidifying a defense before going attack, but who knows if Brendan Rodgers will actually do that. Right, yeah. Fofana, I can't imagine being sold. I think he's he's very much a part of their future. Tielemans, yeah. he only has a year left on his deal, and it's felt like all season. Uh, you know, Some of his performances, too, if you talk to the Eli Lester fans, they've said that he hasn't been quite as impressive this past season, and part of that might just be due to the fact that, you know, it's kind of he's kind of on his way out, and I, I don't know how much uh, motivation he had. I think especially the last two seasons, probably a little bit disappointing, just in the way that they ended. I know the seasons overall were good, but yeah, I, I think he, his eyes are somewhere else. And you know, you still have James Madison, uh, incredibly talented midfielder, and you know he's going to have a, a good rest because he he didn't get any England duty uh, for this this international break, and he's obviously has a point to prove to try and make the England squad for the World Cup. But he's obviously a huge talent. Harvey Barnes, huge talent. Um, you had Dewsbury Hall come up this season and, and showed some, uh, some at least impressive form. And, you know, that's a, a player that you can just count on in the midfield going forward. Um, so they do have some things to do. I, I know they're looking at uh, Lookman. Uh, we'll see. You'll see how that progresses. But, yeah, I, I think midfield and defense is really where this team has to prove. I love Pat Tadaka. He's, he's, uh, he's just a hashtag my guy. Um, so I'm happy with him at Leicester. I think he actually showed a little bit more this season. And I, I think I lamented. Uh, at some point this year, that I'd really like to see Rogers trust him a bit more and give him more, uh, give him more showing. And I think we've seen that. Um, and I think him and Ianacho can form a pretty good partnership. But yeah, I think even Casper Schmeichel, you know, he's he's not exactly young. Uh, you have to be thinking in the next two or three seasons, potentially replacing him. You know, it's tough to say, of course. But uh, you know, I, I think they're they're in a weird spot, and I, I think this past season was a step backwards for them. And I, I just I'm curious to see now with. But Newcastle with a lot of money, right? And uh, some of these other teams, you know, like Arsenal and Spurs making bigger, more ambitious moves. 
you know, a little more solidified in the fact that they're they're really gunning for those top six places. Uh, that Leicester maybe just fell behind at just a really inopportune moment. You know, they, they didn't really take that leap uh, when it really, really would have been good for them. So um, it's a crucial summer for them. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with their transfer business. Nothing, nothing much yet, but uh, I'm what sure that'll you- change. What do you think of uh, my bad? I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I just saw this. Uh, Do you think that they shell out money for a guy like uh, Ibrahim Sangare? To get the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, that's that's the name they've been uh, linked with, uh, midfielder from the Eredivisie, and he's been linked to a lot of teams. I, I think even Liverpool have gotten links with him. He would fit the profile for, for them too because uh, he's more of that like, defensive-minded uh, midfield player, which is certainly something that they need more of. Uh, they really only had Ndidi in that spot. They haven't been impressed by a lot of the uh, the other signings that they've had. But yeah, Sangari's a, a really good player. I like him. I think he's certainly someone that needs to to be developed a bit more. But that's exactly what Leicester would be looking to do. Uh, they're not a team that needs immediate, you know, top level Champions League quality players. Uh, they they have the ability to be patient a bit. So Sangari, I think, would be a, a good signing for them. Uh, I'm curious to see where he ends up because it does seem like he's he's probably leaving this summer. But um, a team that's that's had some some big moves already in the transfer market, but doesn't change the fact that I think it is huge for them is Arsenal. Uh, you know, we we had our, our fun little bet about who would finish higher between Spurs and Arsenal uh, that ended up going my favor when I picked Spurs. But Arsenal have already uh, signed Fabio Vieira. Uh, they made a, a few other signings already this summer. They're they're in the talks with Gabriel Jesus, uh, which would be big for them. Apparently, they're they're in for Rafinha. You know, I, I'll kind of believe that when I see it, if I'm being honest, just because I think that's a really ambitious move for them. Um, but, you know, we, we know where where they need to improve, right? We we know that it's they definitely need better attackers. Uh, Jesus would certainly be an upgrade on their striking uh, partnerships, and uh, they've not really had that reliable goal scorer uh, ever since uh, Aubameyang moved on. And Lacazette is gone this summer, and he hasn't been, uh, you know, he was never really the most reliable goal scorer for them to begin with. So Arsenal, it's, it's a huge summer for them. Uh, Arteta, this is this is where you really move forward in your project. And I, I think it's, it's a make or break year for them because this past year, definitely an improvement on where they were. But when you consider the fact that they, they really could have finished top four uh, if they had just a little bit over the edge and probably just a little bit more quality within the squad. So... Getting that quality this summer, I think, is, is crucial. And you can see that they're, they're certainly ambitious to do that. Uh, sorry for lagging out, I guess, uh, not that long ago. But um, some of the names that I'm interested in seeing Arsenal kind of pursue right now, um, they're, I'm looking at the Sky rumors. And uh, I, I read a little bit about this this morning, uh, Rafinha turning down uh, Barcelona. Uh, instead of waiting for Leeds to make a deal with them. And he's very he's linked very heavily with making a move to Arsenal now. Another man who may be on the outs from Manchester City with this total overhaul that they looks like they're doing um, is Gabriel Jesus, who's also been linked. I, I was reading stuff last night about that, um, heading out to Arsenal, which would be nice for them. Uh, I know that their, their uh, contract extension talks with Saka have kind of um, 
come to like a, a pause uh, and they, they've been not as easy going as they were in the beginning. So, so maybe a replacement over on the right that can also play up front is, is kind of budding for them. And uh, I'm interested to see that, you know, Arsenal's always looking to get new center backs. They're, they're linked with Lissandro Martinez from Ajax, the Mexican center back who can also play a central defensive midfield position, um, uh, which I think could be interesting for Arsenal's depth, you know, moving forward next season. Yeah, Lissandro Martinez, they've been linked with a lot. Uh, he's obviously been linked to Manchester United, too, uh, being the Ajax connection, of course. But, yeah, he's a little bit versatile, too. He can play, uh, you know, a few different positions in the defense, which would obviously be big for Arsenal. This year's important for them. You know, they, they've already got Vieira, who's a, a really, really uh, good-looking midfielder. I like the I like the signing there. But, um, you know, they do need that depth. They do need that quality as well, I, I think. The reason that they didn't finish in that top four is because they lacked those really top, top options. And part of that is because they're such a young squad. Uh, you know, they, they're one of the youngest in the Premier League. And now they're going to have the added test of having Europa League on top of this. Uh, that extra fixture on Thursday really gives teams a, a lot of issues. And um, that's going to be the first time Arteta is really going to have to deal with that. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, Saka, I, I think they'd be crazy to let him walk, uh, but it you know, it might obviously not be totally within their choice. Um, I don't know that Rafinha is a replacement for him. Uh, I think they're they're looking to have some versatility amongst the front three. Even someone like Jesus, he can certainly play the number nine, but we've seen him for City play out on the wing. Uh, we know Martinelli can can switch from the wing to inside, and Saka's pretty versatile as well and where he can play. So I, I think they're looking to just have uh, have you know a front three that's kind of interchangeable. Uh, which I think makes a lot of sense. And it's the same with the midfield, too. You know, I, I think Vieira is someone that can switch positions within the midfield. He's definitely a bit more of a kind of a, a 10, but, you know, he's he's been able to play, uh, you know, a, a solid just like right center mid role, uh, you know, and he has uh, just a fantastic passing ability. That's the thing that really leaps off when you watch Vieira play. I, I'm very, very fascinated to see how he gets on in the Premier League next season. Looking forward to that. Um, we'll stay in, in London. We'll stay in North London, even, and talk about Spurs. The other... These two, I think, have been, outside of City, probably the most ambitious. It's them, City, and Liverpool, these two, uh, have been the, the most ambitious in the Premier League so far in terms of uh, quality of signings and, and, and price paid. Uh, they signed Basuma, right? Um, that's that's a big signing, and they're they're looking to get rid of Bergwijn and, and perhaps bring in uh, someone like Anthony. They've been linked to Richarlison. Uh, they're, they're heavily linked to Jed Spence from, uh, from Middlesbrough, who was on loans to Nottingham Forest last year, like, they're uh, they're making a lot of headway here, and I think they they clearly have a plan. They clearly have a, the plan to back Conte as well, which is huge. Um, is a good signing; he's a good midfield signing, and I uh, I think he'll be a, a good player for them. And they got him at a pretty good deal, which I think is is nice. You know, it's always an added bonus. Um, Spurs have the quality, right? We know that they have Son and Kane up top. That's such a a, a dangerous duo to have. Uh, Christian Romero, when he got going last season, when he wasn't dealing with injury. We saw that in the second half of the year. He was really fantastic. Um, even someone like Eric Dyer, fantastic. Um, they, they really are just needing that, that I think, third center back to, to push them over, um, and they'll be in a, a really, really good spot. Uh, we saw Kulisevsky, you know, improved and, and really came on strong uh, in the second half of the season after uh, securing that loan move there, which is, you know, obviously going to be made permanent at a point. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think – you know, another like creative midfield player, perhaps. Um, they've been linked with Christian Eriksen, but I always found that strange because him and Conte 
was it a perfect fit at Inter? Um, and apparently his, his demands too are, are a bit extreme in terms of uh, the money that he wants and bonuses and things like that. But so it doesn't seem like Ericsson's going to have the, the reunion there, but it's a huge summer for Spurs and it's a huge summer for Arsenal. And, you know, both of them, your Spurs, especially returning to the Champions League, that was obviously a huge target for them. You know, if you had asked anyone in October, you know, if they would have been sitting in the fourth spot, I, I don't know that anyone really would have said that. And they did. And it's, it's a huge milestone for them, too. Like, it's a huge marker to, to be back in that competition. And you add in all the uh, the, the money that you get from that. They, they had a £150 million injection of, of cash, uh, you know, for, for this summer to help improve the squad and, and other things. So it's a huge summer for them. Can't be understated. One of the scariest things as a, as a fan of a different team that's not named Tottenham uh, is to see – Antonio Conte being backed by the owners with a war chest of money that can be used for transfers to go out and get the players that he wants. And whatever club he is at, it always goes this way. He always convinces the owners, look, if you want me here managing your club and you want to win, then you better go out and get me the players that I want. And it just always seems that they do it. And he always finds a way of finding the right players. I know that Tottenham have been linked heavily with a lot of Inter players, um, especially with all of these rumors where it looks pretty likely that Inter will buy Lukaku, especially since they also have signed uh, Dybala. Basically, that's pretty much done. So Inter's looking to most likely sell some players. One of the big rumors that's come out recently is that Tottenham's looking to sign Lautaro Martinez, even though Martinez has been linked with every friggin' Premier League club, I don't see that happening. I if, if they're going to sell players for money, I'd see them sell guys like Brozovic and Bastoni before they sell uh, Lautaro Martinez and and give up the possibility of having a trident of of amazing attacking talent. Uh, so, I, I, I as a Tottenham fan, I probably wouldn't get too uh, too excited about the Lautaro uh, rumors. Uh, but I mean, yeah, this is, this, like you said, it's a very, very serious summer for them. Uh, they're going to be linked with everybody. Uh, I mean, just looking real quick. I mean, Gabi Zajus's name is popping up. Uh, he's going to be popping up everywhere in the prem. Uh, the Zajus link is, it's strange to me because it, it just doesn't make much sense. It feels like it's just a throw in because Arsenal are in for him and, uh, you know, they know that drives uh, the numbers. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like one of those guys that's probably just going to be thrown in with every team. Like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a pretty top talent that could be that could be coming to, to a team that needs a forward, you know. Uh, Gareth Bale is 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 rumored. Uh, I mean, Rafinha, Richarlison, you're just seeing names that are just all the same, you know, going to be dropped with every single team. Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of inter- links uh which i mean i can well, understand they, antonio conte won the league with them and you know right they they've already signed Parisich, you know, yeah they've already signed Parisich, so they, they already have that one interconnection i just think you know they've, they've made some good signings already i don't know how much more they have to do uh really you know i i think Parisich and, and right now you know getting another center back and perhaps someone like jed spence would be would be enough and then you added basuma you've got that extra midfielder uh, that little bit of extra quality. I think it can go into next season with Son, Kane, Kulisevsky, and Lucas Mora to, to rotate in some of those areas. It'd probably be okay. 
if they spend the big money and go get someone like Richarlison to to spell that front three at times, that could be huge because he's another versatile player that can play a, a few different positions up top. So uh, that would be Emer- a good signing for them. But Emerson's also linked to be making a move out to Spain. Where, who would play on the right then for them? Do you think they go and get somebody, or do you think that they? Well, that's that's why they're trying to sign Jed Spence. From, from Middlesbrough, the, the right back who was on loan this past season in Nottingham Forest, really impressed a lot of people. Um, and every time I watched Nottingham Forest, which ended up being a few times this year because I uh, watched them a lot in the FA Cup because they played, obviously, that great game against Arsenal. Then they played against Liverpool. Uh, watched them all through the, the championship playoffs. Like Every time that I've watched him this year, he's impressed me. Uh, he's been one of the, the key drivers of that team. And you're very much just like your, your modern fullback, great at uh, getting forward and you know, I, I think would very much fit. When you think about the, you know, some of the weaknesses of Spurs last season, that right back position was tough. Uh, it wasn't really until Doherty like got into a little bit of form uh, in the spring, and then of course he has kind of the season-ending injury. But Emerson was just not not good enough yeah. in the final third, especially with the way Conte wants to play. Uh, to to I think warrant getting you know more time, more minutes. So you know, an upgrade there I, I think would be huge for them. And Jed Spence I think can make that leap for sure. And um, yeah, I'm curious to see which way they go. I still think they're a big, like, it's tough, right? Because Spurs are, are I think, on the second half of the season, were the third best team in the league. I, I think they were, they were better than Chelsea were, you know, from like January on. But I don't see them being in just one transfer window back to the level of, of Liverpool and Manchester City. Um, that's, that's a big ask. And yeah. we know this, and I know that it's cliche. I know maybe it's a little overplayed, but... Conte has historically not done well with European competition. Uh, he, if you look at his best seasons, they've always been with either no Europe or out of Europe in the group stages. Um, and until that changes, it's it's going to be something to watch for. So that's something I'm keeping my eye on in this season too, is that he has just historically not been a manager that has handled that dual role very well uh, so far. But we'll see what happens this season. Yeah, they need they, – they, We'll move opinion, on to Everton – Sorry. Uh, in my opinion, they just need they need to get that right mid, right wing back kind of deal sorted. And they need to get that 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 kind of left outside center back uh, that can link up with Perisic and be real dangerous. A, a kind of like ball playing center back that can that can push forward kind of in that Bastoni-esque role, because like, like we talked about this last week, you know, Bastoni most likely isn't going to be sold. Um, and if that's the case, they need that they need to find a very specific center back to fill that role. Yeah, they've been linked with Scraniar too, who is a similar type of, of center back to Bastoni. But um, we'll we'll see how that uh, that carries on. Let's move on to Everton, who had a, a really disappointing year, especially by their standards, nearly relegated, and now. <laughs> I think a huge wave of relief uh, floods over them. And now as you get into the transfer window, you, you're kind of dealt with the reality yet again as an Everton fan that uh, there's a lot of work to be done with this squad. And, you know, you're not just out of the woods just because you didn't get relegated this season. Uh, I would still say the threat of relegation is not quite as dangerous, right? Um, but because I, I think there are some, some bad teams again in the Premier League that could be going straight back down. But uh, you know, you, you think about the fact you might lose or Charles in this summer, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, maybe, although I, I think they would be unwise to sell them both, but may not have a, a total choice in that, right? 
it's it's still a squad that is not amazing by any stretch. Uh, there's really not a, a lot of quality within this team. Um, you know, you look at some of the, the players that played the most minutes for them last year. They're they're not the most inspiring group, especially if you do lose Richarlison, who was one of the very few like goal scorers that they had last season, with the very few offensive threats that they had. Part of that was because Calvert Lewin was dealing with injury a lot, but um, it's still a squad that I think needs a lot of work. And that's an amazing thing to say after the money that they've spent on this team over the last few years. It's part of the reason that they're in the position that they're in. I think what's tough for Everton is that they still have FFP issues. So they're limited in what exactly they can spend. Um, And, you know, there's a potential takeover happening there too. Uh, So there could be like a change in ownership, which could even like further complicate things. And yeah, if you lose like a key player like Richarlison, uh, that could be a huge, huge detriment to them. And, you know, you look at who they're linked with and, and, what they need, it's not really lining up in the way that you want. And Frank Lampard, I know you saved them from relegation, but I'm not totally convinced that he's a great manager. Um, I think this could be a really challenging year for him and, and for for Everton. But it's going to start with this transfer window because and it's funny because this is a team that so often in the last few years has come into August thinking that they've won the transfer window, that they've done amazing business, and now it's led to this point where uh, it's all – caught up to them now where they have not spent well they have not made the right signings they've they've overspent in some places and they can't clear a lot of these players out either uh so this is this is the summer i think that they need to start transitioning forward and it doesn't mean they have to go out and spend a ton of money of course and they may not even be able to uh but i, I think you need to make smart signings um i think even what they did last summer was pretty smart you have Demari gray as he's not like Champions League level player, right? But not for a under two million either. pounds, for under two million pounds, like they got him last summer. That's those are the types of signings you need to be looking for. I, I think yeah. I think that's where Everton need to be lying, and um, they they have this tendency, I think, to to overshoot and try and you know get these big big deals. Even Richarlison, right? Like they bought for tons of money, so now when you're looking to sell him, you want to be making some kind of profit. It's hard to when you spent the money that you did on Richarlison, yep. you know, a few seasons ago. So. Um, that's that's the challenge for Everton. I think is just uh, is is that transition forward. Yeah, the rumor and and what what's basically being said is that Frank Lampard would rather sell Richarlison than DCL. Uh, so Calvert Lewin would be staying as probably their main striker. Um, a lot some of the some of the thing some of the rumors, like you said, they don't have to go and sign a lot of players. They don't have to sign a lot of world beaters. Uh, you know, one of the one of the multiple rumors. That's being made is they're looking to sign uh, Zinchenko from City. Um, you know, City has been linked with signing some new fullbacks. Uh, so maybe Zinchenko's on his way out. Maybe they could bring him in. Uh, Mateus Nunez, uh, who is a, a young midfielder, young talent from uh, from uh, Sporting. Uh, they have Harry Winks. And the big name signing, and I use that in quotes, Lucas Mora. But I doubt that uh, they're going to splash enough money to be able to do that, especially with the role that Lucas has with Tottenham right now and the need that they have for somebody to play on the right. Um, I, I, I can't see that happening. Yeah, I think all of those are like typical Everton types of signings, you know, like the especially the castaways from like some of the mm-hmm. bigger clubs. That That's what's gotten them in this position. Uh, Fabian Delph. Not yeah. a, you know, like not an inspiring signing, right? What, like what a signing. Uh, Yeri Mina, a play a Yeri Mina a player that, that can't stay healthy and just hasn't been good enough for them. Um even someone like Michael Keane, 
who, you know, wasn't even from, like, one of the bigger teams, but was this, like, touted player. They've just not gotten it right, and I don't know. I think it's a little bit of, of recruitment. I think it's definitely a little bit of coaching. Um, I, I think recruitment can be blamed for signing Alex Willoughby for $30 million, right? Like, they, <laughs> they've just made poor decisions, and, and this is the summer that that needs to change, and maybe it will. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, these last few months were a real wake-up call for them because they were very close to what would have been really ruinous uh, relegation. Uh, relegation isn't good for everyone, but I think it would have been really, really tough for, for Everton to be in that situation. So perhaps the wake up the call they, they needed, but this is this is a big, big summer for them, no doubt about it. Um, we're going to move to Italy now uh, with with some teams that I think really have to make, uh, make, a, make a really good summer. Starting with Juventus because, again, you know, you talk about just a transition period. I think that's what a lot of this season was for Juventus. You know, they, they buy Vlahovic. Chiesa gets injured. I think that gets – that gets forgotten a lot when we talk about Juventus this season and that he was one of their, their best attackers, one of the best attackers in Serie A. You know, we saw what a great Euros he had. Uh, you know, one of the best performers there in, in a team that won uh, the European Championship. So, um, Chiesa, you should hopefully be back uh, for, for the bulk of next season. I haven't seen the, the total timeline on, on his injury and recovery yet. But um, Juventus, you know, they, they lose Chiellini. From a, a leadership perspective, definitely a bit damaging, but from the actual, you know, minutes played, not the worst. You know, he, he was sort of a, a squad player at this point. Uh, but Benucci's not getting any younger. Uh, you know that you're going to have to move on from him. Uh, left back is an issue. Alexandro might be gone. Uh, but they have, have been linked heavily to Philip Kostic, who I think is a fantastic player uh, coming from Frankfurt. He would fit a, a, in the exact type of way that they, they want. Uh just a, a great left-sided player, and uh, I, I think would be a great signing for Juventus should they get him. Um, mm. Been linked heavily with Paul Pogba. I, I have not caught up with the Pogba Terry uh, to see whether or not he's declaring to be uh, big out to Juventus just yet. But you know, it, it does seem like that's going to happen. They might lose Rabio. There, there's a lot of change up within this team this season, and I think this is where this summer is important because you're laying kind of the foundation for what you hope is the next generation for Juventus. I don't love the Pogba signing. And even though Kostic is good, um, you know, he's, he's a, he's an older player, you know, he's in his prime now, which is fine because Juventus probably assumes that, you know, they're, their champions league team and they, they certainly can at least uh, have some conversation about being back in the title potentially. But, um, you know, I, I think it's still kind of not, not the direction I'd like to see. And Allegri is, is worrying me a little bit, you know, with, with some of his, uh, his decisions over this season, I, I've been someone that's uh, been a bit more defensive about him, but it's, you can't understate that it, it's a big summer for Juventus and, and where yeah. they go from here because, you know, they, they want to be back to, to winning, you know, eight, nine titles in a row. But it, I, I don't know that that's going to be on the cards for them. Yeah, especially when Demerol seems to be the replacement signing for Chiellini. Well, Demerol's um, gone. He's officially at Atlantic. Oh, it is official because I was I was seeing the thing saying that uh Atal oh yeah Atalanta exercised option to buy Demerol outright. Okay, yeah, I was seeing the one saying that uh, Atalanta won't take up the buy option, but I missed that one. Um, so never mind. Um, Juventus is doing signings like extending uh Nicolo Fagioli's contract through twenty twenty six. Now uh, Juventus is not one that normally uh, is known to have. Uh, young talent, um, especially Italian talent. Um, so for the Italian Juventus fans, that's that's like good news. The negative thing is Allegri is the coach, and this kid will never get a chance with the senior team. He'll probably be loaned out to Serie C. 
Um, so Nicholas Beans, I mean, have fun, you know, playing for Monza, uh, you know, in Serie C. But, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, the Angel Di Maria stuff is kind of falling through as well. Um, I heard that, you know, their Juventus is kind of getting shafted by Di Maria, which is kind of funny. Uh, I think that's hilarious. Um, but you know, they've, they've also been linked with like a David Neres in the case that the Di Maria stuff doesn't work. Um, David Neres was unveiled today as a uh, Benfica player. Ah, really? Okay. That's an interesting signing there. Um, uh, the, 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 rumors of Nawal Molina, but that guy's going to be looked at by every Serie A team. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Allegri does with Juventus. But what I'm seeing from a lot of the rumors is that like Juventus doesn't have the same, you know, transfer power hold that they, that they've had for like the last 10 years. You know, everybody was linked to Juventus. If they were, if a player, if a top player was coming to Italy, they were going to Juventus. I mean, hell they signed Ronaldo. You know what I'm saying? Like Juventus was this team if you wanted to win a league and you wanted to go play in a, in a, in a, in a league where, Oh, it's a lot more tactical. You don't have to do too much because you know, you're going to be rotated in the squad and you're going to win the league easily. You go to Serie A, you sign with Juventus, but it's, it's not looking like that anymore. There's a lot more parity in the league. There's like three, four, five other teams that are competitive in this league now. And, and Juventus is losing that grip they've had on the league. And, and, I, as a Milan fan, I love that. Um, uh, but if, if you're a, if you're a neutral, uh, it's also good. But if if you love if you love the old lady, uh, it's that's not looking good for for you guys. I mean, I could see Juventus being a team that like is struggling come the end of the transfer window, and they make like some last minute signing to save the transfer window and signing a guy like maybe Zaniolo, but I doubt Roma would sell, you know, such a young talent, even though he's had two ACL surgeries uh, to a direct rival. Um, But who knows? I, that would be such a Juventus signing. And then I couldn't wait to see the two young Italians in Zaniolo and Chiesa get hurt again next season and be out the entire season. It's just bound to happen. So Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Right. So what's interesting with Juventus too is they've had quite a few players, uh, leave this summer already and, and certainly yeah. seem like they're going to be leaving. Murata, his loan deal, I, I'm not sure what's up with that. That seems really unclear. Dybala seems certainly uh, – he's definitely gone from Juventus, but it seems like Inter is, is his destination. We already mentioned Chiellini, Bernardeschi. Um, so some bases that have been uh, 
if not, you know, regular starters, at least regular squad players, guys that you can at least count on, uh, you know, to, to give you good minutes throughout the year. So um, it is a it is a big transition for them. And I, I just wonder which direction they head in. Uh, I'll just say, you know, Pogba, it'll get the headlines. But, you know, he's been a, a bit ineffectual at times uh, no. or whatever we've seen him. So uh, curious to see that one. Let's move on to Napoli. Um, another team that I think is in a, a big transition period because – they fell away in the, the, the second half of this, this past season, uh, had some really bad, uh, big results. And now, you know, you can see the vultures circling a bit. Uh, you've lost Insigne already. Uh, Dries Mertens, it's really unclear what's happening with him. You know, he's, he's out of contract and, you know, has definitely expressed interest in going back to Napoli, but, you know, there's not been clear communication there. He's been linked to Roma a lot. Uh, Victor Osiman, of course, has been linked a ton. Uh, to, to clubs like Arsenal and, and lots of Premier League teams. And, you know, we've seen Koulibaly for, I don't know, the fourth straight summer, you know, a transfer saga with him, potentially with Barcelona. Uh, you know, in Fabio Ruiz apparently as well, uh, could be sold this summer, which I think mm-hmm. would be a mistake. But, yeah, Napoli, I, I think, are an interesting spot because, you know, you have potentially, you know, Lozano can, can fit in that front three somewhere, Politano potentially. Uh, if he stays, could fit in the front three somewhere, but I'm not sure that's the quality you're looking for for a team that's going to be in the Champions League next season. Victor Osimhen certainly can. I think that midfield is good enough as it is. Um, defensively, I, I think there, there are areas for improvement on the fullback position. But yeah, I, I think I think Napoli are this is this is a huge inflection point for them because you've lost already a, a leader in Insigne. Koulibaly will step in as that captain, at least for the time being, but I'm not sure you want to lose someone like that uh, you know, this summer as well, on top of potentially Mertens. Um, and then if you lose two of your more talented players just outright in Fabio Ruiz and Osimhen, I, I don't care who you buy. That's a, that's, that's a lot of talent to lose in one yep. summer. So I don't think they'll do that, mind you. I, I don't know that all those players are leaving. Um, I could see maybe one of those three potentially being gone you know, for, for a big sale, but it, it would depend a lot on, on who they could potentially bring in, you know, to make a decision like that. I, I think the best thing, and we said this last week, for Osimhen would be stay another year at Napoli and, and improve again. You know, you'll have the Champions League, which would be a great test for you. Uh, a lot of these other clubs you're going to go to may not even be able to offer you that. So that's that's a good incentive there. So Napoli, though, like I said, it's they're aging, but almost still have these like young talents that they, they have like a, a core to build around still. And I think still have the ability to be a Champions League team for this upcoming season. I could still see them finishing in that top four, uh, but they're going to have to make good decisions this summer. They've not been a team that I have loved all the time in the transfer market. I think they've they've had some big big swings and misses at times, but um, it's it's going to be an important one to get right this year. Yeah, some of the some of the main you know rumors floating around Napoli. uh, You know, we talked you talked about. Koulibaly possibly leaving, Fabian Ruiz possibly leaving. So they've been linked with a lot of defensemen and midfielders. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, very doubtful ones like Kim Min-Jae from, uh, I'm pretty sure he plays for Fenerbahce. Um, and then uh, Senesi from Feyenoord. Um, they've also been linked with like Luis Alberto and uh, Carlos Soler uh, as incoming midfielders. Um I think one of the things that they that I want to keep an eye on is the uh, potential contract talks with Mertens because he can leave on a free. He is a free agent technically. 
Um, and he's been linked to a couple clubs uh, with a leave away from Naples. And I think that that hurts the team, especially with Insigne going. I think that a guy like Mertens could step in and help out. Um, I agree with you about Osiman. Uh, that would be a huge mistake for for Napoli to sell him. It's a huge mistake if Napoli sells Fabian Ruiz. Fabian Ruiz is the heartbeat of that team in the midfield. And if he goes, if they lose Koulibaly as well, this team is looking like they're outside of Conference League, uh, a seventh, eighth place finish. Uh, it, it, ADL has a lot of a lot of work to do. Um, because this is a team that's been very competitive over the last few years and, and with a new coach like Spalletti and things are looking like they're good and on the ups, this could be the worst thing that they could do. Uh, and, 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 you know, they have to tread carefully this transfer window. They, they, they definitely do. Yeah, it, it's, it's a big one for them, for their future. I'll move on to Atalanta, who had a, a disappointing year, one of their lowest finishes in the Gasparini era. I think it might actually be the lowest. Um, no Europe next year, which might be, you know, in some ways good for them, but it's an Atalanta team that has changed so much uh, from what we're used to, you know, in the past few years. And, and you know, the, the names that you've been familiar with just aren't uh, as integral to the squad anymore. Part of their, their issues this year were injuries, but... Also, you know, in some ways, you know, we associate them with kind of like a young, exciting teams. A lot of the guys that were getting a lot of minutes for them this year were, were older players. You know, they, they really didn't have uh, too many of those like young talents that, that you're, you're used to. Uh, like Passage, Coop Myers, Demerol, uh, Piscina are really the only like true like young, young players. Uh, and even then, they're not exactly like U23s for the most part, uh, getting tons and tons of minutes. So it's a squad that I think is an interesting spot. You know, uh, Ilicic, his future is, is kind of uncertain. Zapata, his future is uncertain within the team. Um, you know, and outside of that, you know, you, you have some big decisions to make, I would say. Uh, they did make Demerol uh, permanent, which I, I think is a good signing for them. I, I like Demerol a lot, but, you know, you're still dealing with, I, I think, a team that has some upgrading to do for sure. Um, and I, I was surprised that just how inconsistent they were this season. And again, so much of that I think was due to injury. So much of that was due to just uh, some shakeups. You know, you lose Gerson's and he was injured, and then you sell him in January. And you know, they they don't really have anyone on that left side that was able to uh, to produce very well. Hadbor was not able to to get to his level on the right side this year, which was uh, I think an issue for them. Um, you know, and it's, it's going to be a roadblock if they can't get that. But you know, I, I like the Jeremy Bogo signing. I, I think he, had, you know, he's a he's a good player. He's someone I, I like a lot, and I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. Has to start scoring better, though. I I, I mean, for for Christ's sake, I, I I need that man to just start putting him in the back of the net. But um, they have interesting pieces already. I, I think you know I like Gasparini, but there's even questions about him and and his future within the team. So I. The crystal ball for Atalanta is very, very murky for me. And uh, it's hard to see how they progress and move forward. But I'm curious to see how they do it because they've been resilient. You know, they, they've time and time again come back. But I wonder if this is just, you know, you've, you've lost just too much. And, and you know, you haven't really regained, uh, you know, like the, the talent pool that you need to be back into Europe, to be back into those Champions League places like you were. Uh, I wonder if their time in the sun has has faded a little bit. I hope it hasn't because I enjoy watching Atalanta play. Uh, but I, I do see a very tough road for them because you look around the landscape of Syria now and, and there are comfortably six or seven teams that are better than them. Um, and it's going to take a lot of work to catch up now. 
I mean, when you when you're I'm doing a search for Atalanta transfer rumors, and there's like nothing. There's it, this is this is very concerning. Uh, the only thing that really pops up is all the Demerol news. Um, you know, uh, there's rumors that they've been linked uh, with Nuno Tavares from. I was Arsenal. just I was they, just about to say interested in him. Um, the only other thing that I can see is that they are linked with a potential transfer for Alex Kral, the 23-year-old uh, Czech midfielder from Spartak Moscow who was just on loan with West Ham. Um, the only other thing that I'm seeing, uh, like Timo Werner, uh, I see that uh, – No shot, Timo Werner going yeah. to Atalanta. That's an Yokim, insane rumor. Joachim Mala from Atalanta to Tottenham Hotspur. So maybe that's why Nuno Tavares has been linked with Atalanta. Uh, there's a potential uh, right wing back leaving. Um, Belotti is linked. Um, I'm guessing there's still rumors with... Uh, have you seen anything about uh, Zapata leaving? There's always There's been rumors since like last year of him like leaving, going to Inter or going somewhere else. Do you, do you see anything... I haven't that seen nature Zapata ending up anywhere. There was there was a there was a link with him with Newcastle in January, but uh, I I think they moved past that. That felt like more just a, a signing to get them through. But um, seems like a player that's that's probably going to be moved on. Um, you know, what I think would be great for Atalanta it would be uh, Bellotti. I think uh, he fits a similar type of mold. Now he's obviously an older player, but. You know, again, you know, you get him on a free contract, you get him for the next three, four seasons, and I think helps you, you know, as you transition mm-hmm. forward here. Um, that'd be something I, I would, as a Pilati fan and as someone that enjoys watching Atalanta, I would like that a lot. But, you know, I, I just think, I think they're they're in a tough spot now. And they're a team, too, that isn't yeah. big spenders either. Uh, you know, and they, they are a team that typically as well as, as, as sold in order to buy. And, uh, you know, I, I just wonder what direction they move on uh, on here and, um, like I said, they have a, a really difficult path facing them. Yeah. But hey, what do you what, what do you know about the uh, the publication The Express? Do you do you know uh, how? Do you know if they're like uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Reliable or do they have good information? None of those papers are reliable, Dom. They're yeah, because all... <laughs> it was like according to a recent report from The Express. Uh, the they claim that ahead of the summer transfer window, Werner's agent has been bif- busy offering service his services to Juventus, AC Milan, and Atalanta, which is kind of crazy, uh, given the stature of player Timo Werner is. I mean, it makes it, it it's like understandable maybe AC Milan and Juventus, but like Atalanta signing a guy like Werner, like I know he's had a dip in dip in uh, form, but come on. That would no be, shot, and it ridiculous. seems like Chelsea are happy to have him uh, back for another season. I yeah. I don't even think his agent is really angling for any type of move. If he did move, I think it would be back to the Bundesliga. He's not coming to Atlanta. I can say that with absolute certainty. <laughs> uh, let's move to our last team in Italy. It's Sampdoria, who had a, a really tough season. Uh, we're close to relegation this year, kind of similar to Everton in a way, in that they've made some. Bad decisions. All their squad, too. They actually have tied for the, the oldest squad, uh, average age of 29, um, tied with Lazio and Syria. And I think that was a factor in their poor season. You look at the names on the Santori roster, and it's 
unfortunately names that you've seen a lot and that's because you know they've had long careers and uh you know perhaps need to be phased out um but Sampdoria you know in the past have been a team that have excelled and, and been great and you know I'm talking very much in the past but even in recent history have been a team that's that's finished in the top half of the table have had exciting finishes um have, have threatened for European spots um they were nowhere close to that this year and you know, part of that too is is again, you know, just bad transfer decisions over the, over the last few seasons, and not being able to get that top quality. Still depending on some of these these older players as like key integral parts of your team. Antonio Candreva is still like the guy for this this team, and he had a pretty good season again. He's a guy that just ages well, but um, this is an important summer for them because you cannot be in the position that you were last year where you were close to relegation for, for Sampdoria. You, you need to, to, to make some smart decisions this summer. I think you need to really start thinking about uh, what your next, you know, two or three seasons look like. Um, and the fact that you just don't have tons of young players that are getting lots of minutes for you and you don't really have, um, you know, time left, I think, to, to really start uh, integrating them a little bit more. And, you know, I, I think this is the season that you have to be making uh, just smarter decisions and, and bringing in the, the right personnel, the right players, because um, you need to start growing that kind of next that next core for this team to move forward, because you're not depending on Quagliarella. You're not depending on Kendreva for much longer. Uh, even someone like Berezinski, I think, is, is someone who's a bit older. You're not depending on Yoshida. You know, like, I, I just think that uh, this is a team that, that has to start thinking a, a little bit more forward now. Um, and, and uh, cannot afford to be in the position that they were, which was uh, nearly relegated. And you look at their defense last season, too, it's, it, it was awful. I mean, just truly, truly dreadful. But we're barely scoring goals either. Uh, this is just not an enjoyable team uh, on, on really any level last season. Yeah, uh, to, to go off of that defense, the bolstering, there's rumors that the, they're in talks with Milan to sign uh, a loan with option bid for uh, Matteo Gabbia, which... I think would be nice as a from the Milan fan perspective. Uh, he gets more playing time in a club where he most likely will start, um, and and that would be that would be nice. Um, uh, and and you mentioned their struggles to score. That could be getting a little more difficult with a lot of top clubs from both England and Italy eyeing up Damsgaard, uh, who is a young talent in the league is basically their guy. Uh, you saw his his skills for Denmark on display in the Euros. Um, I know that your club was interested in signing Damsgaard too, but you know now with the with the new uh, with the Darwin signing, do you think that's still possible? Is Liverpool still kind of in the hunt for Damsgaard? We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Damsgaard is more like a, like almost like a fullback really than than anything, and um, I I don't see that. Uh, we just bought someone as well to to be kind of the, the right back 
of the potential future, depending on what happens with Trent and where he ends up positionally. But I don't, I don't see that at all. Um, Sampdoria mm-hmm. have players like Damsgaard too, which is what's frustrating. You know, you, I, I think that me... Sorry. they have like these. Yeah, go ahead. No, my bad. Go ahead. No, I was. I'll, I'll talk about it afterwards. I'm just confused. I've... Because... I, I think they have like young players that can step into those roles and, and you look at like some of the, the young talent that they could potentially have, like they have, they have younger players here that, that can mm-hmm. work for them. Um, but they have not gotten the minutes in this past few seasons. I think part of that too, is once you get in the relegation fight, you don't want to depend on these younger players. Um, and you, you hope that Sam Torrey again, just start to, to integrate the younger talent that they do have. Um, and again, I, I just think we've seen teams make these mistakes where they, they depend too often and for too long on, you know, two or three key players and don't start to think, you know, two or three seasons down the line, especially teams that maybe fall into that relegation zone. You get so caught up in just season to season surviving um, that you, you don't uh, you don't make the right, like, your future-proofing types of plans. Yeah, I, I, was, just, I was just very confused when you said – Damsgaard's a fullback. He's an attacking midfielder. He plays Slash, like winger. He, like, he, he, play, plays, he plays like he plays his best more in like the midfield as a wide player. I think. I think he would. Well, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him. I see him midfield forward for like. No, 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 no. I mean, that's what. Well, I asked because Darwin kind of can play on the left. I know that Mane just you know was sold to to. Uh, Bayern, so they're in need of like a left winger, which is where Damsgaard really plays. Not in need so, of a left winger. Liverpool are fine in it. That's 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 why I asked. I was like, does it make sense for Liverpool to even sign him? He'll be like signed and loaned out. Like, so so that's the only reason I asked. You know, is is Liverpool still kind of in that hunt? Um, I could see a couple other teams that could be in in need of a player like Damsgaard, but. I was just confused when you said fullback. I was like, this guy is more of like a winger kind of. He deal. plays. But, he plays like a, a, in a three-back system. He he should be playing as someone's fullback in that system. Like, I, yeah, I, of course, in a three-back, yeah. Winger. Like, and and when you've seen him for Denmark, that's where he's played, and that's where he's had tons of success. Has not had the the game time at Sampdoria. Um, I think he operates best in that role. I I don't think this is a guy that's a true like actual four in my opinion yeah. that's just the way i see him um uh, yeah so th- those are some of just teams that i think and listen every every team the transfer window is important i, d- I don't want to make it seem like it's just those ones but those ones specifically i think uh, i have my eye on this summer in terms of what they do and, and how they move forward um we'll get into some com- confirmed transfers in italy uh we already talked about demerol to atalanta i like that signing he had a good season for them i like him being back giovanni simeone is back to hellas verona permanently uh, moved on from uh, Cagliari, um, which is is nice. It's good to see. Uh, Henry Guitarian apparently confirms answer. Morata uh, said uh, in an interview uh, that that's done. Uh, also talked about Onana being wrapped up. So there's your competition for Handanovic for next year. Uh, in England, we're going to talk about Fabio Vieira to Arsenal. Uh, Mark Roca to Leeds. I like that signing a lot uh, from Bayern Munich. Exciting midfielder. I, I think he just... It's unfortunate Bayern's a hard midfield to break into. Um, this is no disrespect to not be a starting choice there, but I, I think he's a really talented midfielder. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. Uh, Yves Basuma to Spurs from Brighton. Uh, good deal for Spurs, like we mentioned. Uh, Knife Jared to, to West Ham. 
this is a name that, that I've heard a lot about over the last like season. Uh, had a really good year in France. You look at his stats. You look at the way he plays. I like this center back a lot. I think he's a great signing for West Ham. Uh, I like the way he plays. Great passer. Great in the air. Uh, kind of just your modern center back. Uh, 26 years old, so you know, not the, the finished article just yet, but I think a player that can come in and make a huge difference. We know that West Ham really needed defensive help. I think he's going to be a good sign. This could be a guy that I think people want to pay attention to because I, I think he's he's quite talented, and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing it. Um, we'll get into the gossip section. Uh, Raheem Sterling to Chelsea. It seems like this is getting a little more advanced at this point, uh, which is fascinating because – you know, Chelsea have, have lacked that uh, clinical finisher. Uh, it's part of the reason they wanted Lukaku so bad. And now you get Raheem Sterling, who's a, a goal scorer for sure, but not a clinical one. Uh, he's more of a volume shooter. And we've seen that he, he can at times be a little wasteful in front of net. But uh, would be interesting to see him with a, a change of scenery uh, and stay within the Premier League. I, I would have liked to see him go abroad, but it doesn't seem like those pathways are there. Um, so Sterling to Chelsea could be very, very interesting. Um, and what obviously too, I, I think, you know, open up spaces for some of the Chelsea attackers to leave. Lukaku seems like he's out the door. Uh, someone like Ziyech could be out the door. Even someone like Pulisic could be gone this summer. So, uh, Sterling would be, a, a, a I say a pretty big move, uh, within yeah. the league. Yeah, I agree. That would be nice to see. Um, it would be interesting to see how he gets on with another English squad. I was, I was with you. I would love, I would have loved to see him go abroad somewhere else and, and, and try to play in another league. That would have been crazy to see him go out to like Italy or Spain and, and, you know, sign with the club and, and do bits out there. But, you know, I think that Chelsea's a club that kind of fits in, especially with a lot of the movement and the attacking talent. Like you said, uh, he could just slot right in and kind of just pick up where he left off with Chelsea or sorry, with city. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think I, I would like to see that personally, but, uh, Jules Conde also uh, linked to Chelsea again, Sevilla defender, but um, there's there's rumors. Barcelona are an enigma to me because they simultaneously have absolutely zero money. They're $500 billion, uh, in debt all the time, and yet they're also buying Lewandowski, Koundé, Rafinha, uh, Bernardo Silva this window, but also need to sell Frankie de Jong to make it happen. I just... It, it makes no sense. Everything but it's not happening because Frankie de Jong said he's staying, and it just... It makes no sense, man. It makes right. no sense. One day Barcelona. So we'll see what happens with that. It does seem like Jules. So what are Barcelona fans complaining about? Uh, you know, they're they're complaining that they don't have money, and then the next day they're they're saying they're so rich, and it's just, you know, there's never consistency. There's never consistency. It's like one day it's high. It's like it's like a really volatile stock market with Barcelona transfer rumors. One day you're, you're hitting the peak. Next day you're hitting the valley. And, you know, you never know what you're going to have the next day. Yeah, they're they're the hardest club to pin down in terms of uh, their future. Because, like I said, it's just uh, every day it's a, it's something a little different with them in terms of uh, who's going there and what mon- how much money they have. Uh, we already talked about some of these guys, but we'll just highlight again. Uh, Tielemans, Rafinha, Richarlison um, have been linked to all pretty much the same kind of teams. Uh, I think each one of them really has been linked to Arsenal and Spurs in some way. And, uh, it seems like teams are pretty good bet that at least two of those three get a move this summer. Uh, you know, and I, I'm curious to see where they end up. Tielemans, I think, is a really interesting midfielder. Um, 
still very young too. I, I think just because he's been you know, like a, an established player since he was like 16, uh, that we, we forget that he's still, uh, uh, you know, he's only 25. So uh, certainly still like a, a few more years to assume that he's in his prime, but he's, uh, he's a fantastic midfielder. I think where he ends up, that's a good signing. Uh, no matter, yeah. he has a year on his deal, so you know it'd be a little cheaper than maybe it should. Um, Rafinha, we've talked about, uh, we did it in length about, uh, you know, how much we like him. And Richardson, I think, too, is, is good. He's he's a good, versatile front three attacker, uh, has good physicality. He's not like the best finisher, but I, I think, again, can work really well within a system. Um, kind of has an ego problem, but you know what? Fair enough. Uh, and I, I, I'm curious to see if he gets a move as well, where that ends up being and, and what would be a good fit for him. But um I don't know if you have any thoughts on those, but that that's our gossip roundup. You know, we're, we're trying not to do too much of the, I always try and pick the ones that seem at least realistic, seem like it's actually, actually might just happen. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be dumpster diving for the, the gossip yeah. roundup. I mean, I was going to dump, not dumpster dive, but kind of ex, uh, speak on to a little bit and in, in my final words about, you know, what's going on with Milan, but I don't know if we've reached that section or not yet. Tell me your Milan thoughts, Tom. Let's have our let's well, have our Milan. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, it, it seems like there's been some issues with, with between Redbird and extending the contracts of both Gazidis and uh, Maldini, and there seems to be some confusion as to what their roles will be within the club uh, now that the new ownership has taken hold, which I think has been delaying some potential transfers that they've had kind of lined up and have been kind of setting up with talks and everything and going on. And, and, you know, you're seeing teams like Inter making all these signings and they're selling players and they're doing all this stuff. And then Milan has kind of been just quiet for, for a little bit. And, um, you know, the talks between Renato Sanchez have, have kind of stalled because of this. And, and now teams like PSG may be swooping in. Uh, same thing with Sven Botman. It, it, Botman has seemed like it's been all but finished, you know, for, for the last like two months and it still has not gone through. Um, and then there's rumors of like outgoing players, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Rafael Leao has been linked with everybody. Um, the city looking to bring in wingers and, and Leao has been one like heavily linked, especially now that, you know, the rumors of Sterling leaving have been coming up. Um, you know, the extension, you know, the, that's something that's, that's super important, uh, to me, at least as a Milan fan is extending Rafael Leal's contract. Still haven't done that. That's something they have struggled with for a few seasons now is to, you know, lock in some of your, your, your main guys, you know, they happened with Donnarumma, but you know, it ended up, ended up working out in Milan's favor with Manyan. Uh, same thing with Chahanoglu. Um, but you know, Kessie. That's somebody who I think could have been re-signed, but apparently did not fit into Milan's plans. I just don't want to see the same thing happen with Liao. The only thing that I would be okay with seeing him leave is if a huge sum of money came in and we could sign somebody else big name to, to go into that spot, but I doubt that happens. So, uh, and, and I very, very uh, doubt, you know, a, a player swap deal plus cash for Liao with like Sterling plus some cash. So 
really the, the situation with Milan right now is making sure that everybody in the front office knows their roles so they can go out and finish what they need to do this summer. Because the longer they wait, the more time they're giving other teams to swoop in and just take all their players. Renato Sanchez is still one of the youngest, you know, uh, hottest talents uh, that, that, you know, people want in Europe. And it, it seems like he wants to come to Milan, but the longer they wait, the easier it is for another team to just come in because he wants to play and get paid. So I'm a little annoyed. You know, I want to, I want to see players come in. The only one that we know is for sure is Origi. And yeah, we, that's, that's awesome. We got a number nine, but we, a right winger is needed. An attacking midfielder is needed. A center back and, and defensive midfield depth is needed. And, and they're, excuse me, but fucking around with, with, oh, I don't know what the roles of the front office are going to be. So, you know, everybody's replaceable. You know, you got the, these new owners and investors that don't know what Maldini means to the club and they don't want to finish this up quick. You know, if I was the owner of, uh, of AC Milan and Maldini is my sporting director and he's been doing the right things, he got that club, Teo Hernandez. Man flew to Ibiza to meet with Teo on vacation, got this man to the club, and now he's one of the best left backs in the world. Maldini is somebody that they need to make sure he's with the club and he's got the power to sign who he needs because he that, that's pulling power, right? Not only a team with like with the stature of Milan is, is coming for players, but you've got a guy, a legend of the game, one of the best center backs slash left backs to play the game, is coming asking for you to play for their team. And I you know, what more, what more could you ask for? That's history. That's, 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 you know, tradition. And, and now that they're back in the champions league, that's big pool. But if they don't know their role, they can't do anything to bring players in and they better act fast or they're going to fall back into this mid 2010s kind of Milan role. And, and I would hate to see that, especially, you know, the last few years, they've just won the league. You can't fumble this bag. I think I think you're being a little I think you're being a little doom and gloom with them. Uh, they haven't been as ambitious in the market yet, um, but this has also been a team that has been really patient in the market in years past. And I think people questioned their transfer decisions last summer, and it worked out for them. Um, yeah, I think people were were rightly upset, uh, and could make the case that maybe some of the decisions shouldn't have been made, right? But uh, it ultimately turned into a league title, <laughs> you know. It's it's hard to argue with what they've done so far. Um, I think losing out on potentially someone like Renato Sanchez could be a mistake. Uh, I've been critical of yeah some of their their contract handling over the last few years because you didn't have to lose Donnarumma for free. You didn't have to lose Kessie for free this summer. Um, the, the, that's you're missing out on money by by yeah. letting these guys just walk right. Even if you're just getting you know ten or fifteen million, uh, that that at least helps. Exactly. Um, so exactly. I, I don't. I don't think Milan are going to slip back into where they were, you know, seven, eight years ago. I think, you know, they still obviously have a good project going, and they have a lot more talent than they did at that point too. Especially young talent. You know, they didn't have you know, that whole left side like they have now, Leal, Teo Hernandez, uh, like they have with Tonali now. You know, like I still think they're they're in a good spot, and uh, I, I, I don't know that they're so a team that I'm necessarily at this stage going into the season expecting them to, you know necessarily defend their title uh 
but I would be surprised if this is not yet another Champions League season for them. Uh, you know, where, where they're finishing on those top four spots, I would be really surprised at that. I think they can fight for the title again, but um, I think again, we said it even in in the run up to the title this season that ultimately finishing in top four was Milan's goal coming into this year. I think everything was just kind of a bonus when you you had the opportunity to win the title and the, and the way they did it. Um, but this project, I think, is still one that's not a finished article like some like Inter is, right? Where they're trying to continually just have that success on success. Yeah. Milan, still one of the youngest teams in Serie A and, the, and are defending champions, which is rare. It's, it's not something you see often. So, um, But they, I mean, they do they, need to make some signings soon. You're right. The, the way that I see the Serie A season, the 22-23 season kind of going, is that a lot of these teams are getting weaker. And the only two teams I see getting stronger right now are, are Inter and then potentially Juventus. So, you know, a title defense could be feasible. It's just, hey, make some signings to do that. Because if not, yeah, we'll make Champions League. You'll be able to con- consistently build. Yeah, the, the you know, that may be a little slippery slope I was getting into saying, you know, they'll, they'll dive back into what they were in the mid-2010s. But that's not like an instant thing. That's like something where if they continue to have these mishandlings of, of, of personnel and, 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 and players and transfers and things like that, in three, four, five years, you could see them dip back down into those depths where they're, you know, not making European competition again. But the signings need to happen. They, they, they can't wait around. Um, you know, we can only wait to see, but uh, I think that in, in, in a season where the league could be weaker, you know, the, the games against teams like Inter and Juventus are going to be the ones that matter. And if your team is not improving games against mid table teams and low table teams, relegation sides become a little more difficult. You know, you saw that happen this year. I don't want that to happen next year as a fan. I don't want that to happen. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm becoming maybe a little restless. And and I, I see a lot of the fan base becoming even more restless than I am. This kind of just started to kick in uh, today and yesterday with some of the stuff that I was reading and seeing online. So um, it's a little annoying, but we move. We move, exactly. Uh that's enough from us tonight. We'll leave you with that. Leave you that Milan rant at the end of the show. Hope you enjoyed our transfer roundup. Hope you liked our, our little chat about the teams that really need to do something this summer, really need to impress us, to wow us. And there's still plenty of time too, though, because we're technically, we're not even at July yet. So all these free agent signings, all of that, not even official for another few weeks. So don't stress it too much. That's all I'll say. A lot of time left in the market. Uh, there's plenty more craziness to get to. Uh, but you know where to keep it locked and loaded. You know, we'll be back talking. I won't be here next week, so we'll probably be seeing you in two weeks, so we'll have even more transfer news to talk. I'll be hitting up the big C bus in Ohio this weekend. You know, I am Midwest Matt. Uh, just kidding. Well, not – I am going to Columbus uh, this week, but uh, I would never be a Midwest Matt. I love the East Coast. I love the Mid- beach too Midwest. much. Midwest Matt. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's your thumbnail right there. Uh, but we'll be back. We'll be back to, to discuss any uh, any more permanent transfers, any more roundups. Um, and believe it or not, we're gonna we're gonna start previewing the season pretty soon here because Jesus. folks.
I don't know if anyone has re- realized this yet, but we got the fixtures in. Season starts early this year because it's a World Cup season in the winter. And damn it, we should be talking about World Cup right now, but we aren't. Thanks a lot. Um, but we'll be back next time talking more transfers, talking to the people, telling you how it is. So we'll see you then. Keep it locked.